Welcome to this edition of the Peter B. Collins Show, coming to you from San Francisco. This program is supported by listeners, and today's conversation with Professor Francis Boyle is brought to you by a couple of Irish Americans, Timothy McKay and Tom McAfee. Thank you, Timothy and Tom, for your support of the Peter B. Collins Show. And if you'd like to help, just go to my website at peterbcollins.com. Click on the link at the right-hand side there that says you can help. And you can sign up for a voluntary subscription for as little as $5 a month. Many people do it, and that's what keeps us going. Professor Boyle is a human rights lawyer and professor of law at the University of Illinois. And he's got a lot to say about some very important issues, like the 2001 anthrax attacks in Washington and New York, and issues related to America's so-called war on terror. He was one of the authors of the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989. He's an expert on those issues as well, and has represented the Palestinians and also been involved in many other important issues over the years. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Professor Boyle, and you'll find out early in the chat that he's a little touchy about Wikipedia. Stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Boiling Frogs. security letters, state secret privilege, TSA's one million plus no-fly list, persecution of government whistleblowers, perpetual wars, rendition and torture. Can you feel the water boiling? Welcome to the Boiling Frogs. With Sibel Edmonds, I'm Peter B. Collins. Our guest today is Professor Francis Boyle, and he is a professor of international law at the University of Illinois College of Law. He picked up degrees in political science and uh, law at Harvard University. And he serves as counsel to Bosnia and Herzegovina and to the provisional government of the state of Palestine. He also represents two associations of uh, citizens uh, within Bosnia and has been instrumental in developing the indictment against uh, Slobodan Milosevic for war crimes and genocide, crimes against humanity. He is an attorney of record for the Chechen Republic, and he also has represented various Palestinian interests over the years. Professor, as you join us, uh, I used Wikipedia for that biographical information. Is there anything you'd like to correct or add to that? Well, I'm not going to comment on uh, Wikipedia because they've done um, absolutely nothing but inflict outright character assassination on me uh, since they uh, put together their first uh, uh, essay about me. So I'm, I'm not going to 
Okay, I, I just want to get the information correct. So, right. if there's well, any... I wouldn't wouldn't rely on anything on Wikipedia. It, All right, you, know, you can. There's a little <clears throat> um, memo on me, I guess, in the College of Law webpage and my resume, but I'm, I'm simply not going to dignify Wikipedia with any response at all. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to add to what I mentioned in terms of... I did of... draft the uh, Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989 that was passed unanimously by both houses of the United States Congress and signed into law by President George Bush Sr., Mm -hmm. And I I am aware of that as well. I read an interesting uh, text of a speech you gave uh, regarding the anthrax attacks of 2001. And I wanted to start there to get your comment on the recent uh, announcement by the FBI that they've closed the case. And uh, they named Dr. Bruce Ivins, who committed suicide, uh, as the sole source of the anthrax that was sent to Democratic senators and some newspapers uh, back in uh, October of 2001. Is there any comment you'd like to give us on that case, and do you believe that uh, Dr. Bruce Ivins was, in fact, the source and the sole source of the anthrax that was mailed to uh, the uh, the political leaders? No, in fact, I have a uh, book documenting that, uh, you know, I think what, what really happened here, it's called Biowarfare and Terrorism. Uh, you can get it at... Uh, Amazon.com. It was very clear to me um, after the anthrax attacks, the day the New York Times published the technology behind the uh, letter to Senator Daschle, uh, a trillion spores per gram, uh, silica coating floating in the air, that this was uh, super weapons-grade anthrax that could only have been uh, manufactured at a United States government uh, uh, weapons lab. And I immediately called um, the FBI uh, lawyer agent in charge of the FBI's, uh, uh, I I believe at that time, counterintelligence uh, program or counterterrorism program, uh, Marion Spike Bowman, who knew of my work uh, on on biowarfare, and gave him my opinion that the uh, only uh, people would have the capability to do this and the facilities uh, were those uh, who had already uh, been involved in uh, anthrax biowarfare work uh, for the uh, United States government. And uh, there was a list uh, maintained by the Department of Defense and uh, probably over uh, at the CIA uh, where it was a very short list of people who had access to these uh, facilities. And uh, uh, that's where he should start. He thanked me uh for uh, for the call and said he would forward it on to the uh, uh, people handling the investigation. I then then hung up the phone and realized that uh, from my work drafting the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act, I had a full list, uh, public list, publicly published list of who all these people were as of about 1989 or 1990. So I immediately called him back. And I went through the list of the names and the places, and I said, now, uh, this this can be updated because the um, Clinton administration in its second term got us back into research, development, uh, testing of biowarfare matters. So the Pentagon probably has an updated list. 
And we also know the uh, New York Times expose that the CIA was heavily involved in uh, anthrax as well, that he could uh, probably get an updated list from the, uh, from the CIA. Um, and he said, well, we were working with uh, people at uh, Fort Detrick on this matter. And I said, well, uh, Fort Detrick um, could very well be, be the problem here, uh, not the solution. Uh, you could have someone there like a Timothy McVeigh figure uh, who uh, was once on the reservation, is now off the reservation. Uh, once again, he said he would uh, forward it on to the um, people at the FBI handling this investigation. Soon thereafter, uh, w- within a few weeks, the FBI uh, authorized the destruction of the United States government's uh, collection of Ames strain anthrax uh, maintained out in uh, uh, Ames, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I was originally hired here to teach criminal law. That clearly was an obstruction of justice, uh, that you, you would be able to take those Ames strains and reconstruct uh, who, you know, precisely who was involved in this, um, uh, this attack. So it became very clear to me that the FBI, right from the get-go, uh, was involved in a uh, in a cover-up here of who really was behind uh, the anthrax attacks. As I told Bowman, uh, this really went back to uh, a DOD program, a CIA program, or uh, uh, private sector contractors uh, working uh, uh, with them. And the CIA had been, basically the FBI has been lying uh, about it and, and covering it up uh, uh, from that point in time. Uh, Ivan's had, I don't believe Ivan's did it. Even the people who work with him uh, don't believe uh, he did it. Again, if you read the, uh, the New York Times book, uh, Miller and Broad, uh, Germs, uh, it clearly says CIA, Dugway, and Battelle had access to, to this type of uh, information. And by the way, I should also point out, as I point out in my book, Biowarfare and Terrorism, Bowman was the same FBI guy who um, um, sabotaged the request by the FBI agents in Minneapolis, Rowley and the rest of them, Mm -hmm. to get a um, uh, subpoena into Musawi's computer. He was mm-hmm. the exact same guy. That's right. And uh, uh, I think everyone agrees that uh, if anyone had looked at that uh, computer, um, perhaps 9-11 could have been uh, prevented. Um, in any event, it, it was clearly he had been, uh, you know, Bowman had been ordered by someone to sabotage that um, um, subpoena uh, into uh, Musawi's computer. Uh, the argument that the FISA court, uh, there wasn't enough evidence, that is total baloney. If you study everything about uh, Musawi, there was more than enough evidence for the FISA court to issue a FISA warrant uh, into his uh, uh, into his computer. So you have the tie-in here uh, of the FBI um, preventing 9-11 and then covering up on the anthrax attacks. Which and I document all this in in my book, which you you know you can read later on. Then Bowman was promoted and given an award, obviously for doing what his masters told him to do, 
Uh, no one involved in 9-11 was fired or censured or anything like that. Indeed. Many of them uh, were were promoted. Um, so it raises the question um, of the tie-in then between 9-11 and, and the anthrax attack. Um, and it, the tie-in, at least so far, uh, that I see directly is uh, uh, Bowman's involvement. And he was a uh, uh, very high-level uh, FBI agent and lawyer. Uh, at that time, I believe, in charge of their uh, counterterrorism office. Mm-hmm. And do you have any suspicions about who actually might have been responsible for the anthrax attacks? Sure. I think it goes back to the uh, CIA, uh, Dugway uh, Proving Ground, proving ground uh, run by the uh, Department of Defense, the Army, and Battelle, in uh, Ohio, a private sector uh, firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you add all the information in the uh, uh, public record together, I don't see whatever uh, any other conclusion you can reach. Mm-hmm. And Professor Boyle, um, I'm working my way through a new book uh, published by H.P. Alberelli Jr. about uh, the government and uh, particularly the CIA's uh, development of bio and uh, 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 psychotropic drug weapons, uh, and all of this was centered at Fort Detrick uh, post-World War II. The book is called A Terrible Mistake, and it's built around the alleged suicide of Frank Olson, who was a scientist who was working on these uh, bioweapons and chemical weapons, and who uh, allegedly uh, fell from a hotel window in New York, and Alberelli concludes that he was thrown out of that window. But more to the current issue, uh, there were a number of uh, suicides, questionable suicides, that occurred of personnel related to Fort Detrick and uh, these very secret programs that included uh, the dosing of many unwitting individuals with LSD and other experimental drugs as, as far back as 1952. And I'm just wondering if you're familiar with the book or uh, the Olson. I think that book just came out. I, I saw a notice for it. but It is recent, is, uh, and, and it's quite daunting. It's over 900 pages. So yeah, I haven't read it. But what is more interesting is that um, it, in the public record today, um, there are now about 26 uh, biochemists uh, who have died under mysterious circumstances, um, one of whom was this fellow, David Kelly, uh, over in um, uh, Britain, and he was involved mm-hmm. in biowarfare uh, work uh, uh, there uh, as well, um, over at Port and Down. So uh, the, the mysterious deaths of uh, biochemists continue to go on. Uh, Ivan's was another one. Uh, how do you uh, overdose on uh, Tylenol? I, I really don't know. Uh, but it, it seems to me... Um, he was hounded to death uh, by the uh, uh, FBI, um, and uh, uh, unfortunately, he was. Uh, if you believe what they're saying about him, uh, and you don't know if any of that's true, uh, he he did appear to be a somewhat uh, unstable uh, individual. But if he was so unstable, then why did they keep him there at uh, Fort Detrick until the very end and intimately uh, involve him in their uh, uh, investigation? I certainly don't believe Ivan's did it, and the people who work with him at Fort Detrick don't believe he did it. I do accept that the agent itself uh, originated at Fort Detrick. Uh, it probably, perhaps, was shipped out to Battelle. There is evidence it went out to Battelle and to Dugway. 
it could have been um, uh, modified uh, at Battelle to create this uh, super weapons grade uh, anthrax, and then uh, tested at uh, at Dugway to make sure it worked uh, and to weaponize it. Uh, I don't know, and and the delivery. Um, the evidence points uh, in this direction, and it, this isn't just one person who uh, put this together. You know, th- this was uh, uh, teamwork. Uh, it was coordinated. Uh, there was uh, sophisticated uh, uh, laboratory facilities uh, involved. Um, th- this stuff was so dangerous they had to wear, you know, one of these BSL four uh, type operations with a moon suit. That's mm-hmm. how dangerous it was. Uh, so um, we're really talking about government agents um, be- behind the uh, the anthrax attacks. And as I suggested in my book, you know, it, if if we find out, you know, who was really behind the anthrax attacks, perhaps we'll find out who really was behind 9-11, uh, which is why there's been so much covering up uh, on, on both 9-11 and the anthrax attacks by the FBI. I am not very knowledgeable on this issue, but in 2004, uh we had and we have a we have an anonymous whistleblower from Department of Defense, pretty high level, who provided us with uh, several pages of documents and also his statements on uh, the first six months in 2001 when uh, Carl Rove, on behalf of a particular uh, private uh, pharmaceutical company, was campaigning the Congress on vaccination for anthrax. And interestingly, one of the offices that were not on board with this was Dashiell's office. So uh, this individual didn't want to come forward with his name because he was with DOD, and he still is. And he hasn't given us any permission to, to share this document, except, you know, without using his name. But these documents were pretty interesting. Actually, some of these emails were communication between particular Senate offices and Carl Rove, on this particular uh, pharmaceutical company on vaccination for anthrax, and that particular company, if they had the Congress's uh, approval, they would have had their stocks uh, skyrocketing. Skyrocketing. What do you think of that? I was, Sybil, uh, I was not previously aware uh, of those facts, but there are different interpretations as to... Um, what was behind the anthrax attacks, what, what I argued uh, with, with where these facts, uh, in, in my book, uh, that Senator Daschle and Leahy, uh, w- who were both hit with the weapons-grade anthrax, super weapons-grade anthrax, were holding a passage of the USA Patriot Act. Correct. Uh, we know for a fact that the USA Patriot Act was sitting on Ashcroft's desk uh, but before 9-11, um, and Ashcroft was flying around in a private jet because he had been told uh, it was too dangerous to fly around in um, uh, public transportation. Uh, the first draft of the USA Patriot Act uh, would have suspended the writ of habeas corpus nationwide, and today we would all be living uh, in a police state. For sure, and I'd probably be in jail, and you would too, Sybil. <laughs> Some staffer saw that and struck it out, and they were holding up passage of the USA Patriot Act 
Uh, then Dashiell and Leahy get hit with super weapons-grade anthrax. Um, and uh, when, you know, uh, the uh, uh, House shut down, the Senate did not shut down, but to the best of my knowledge, it's the first time ever uh, Congress had officially been shut down, because if you don't have one House, Congress is shut down. The Supreme Court was shut down. And the previous attacks on the news media uh, were sending a message to the news media, uh, the mainstream news media, uh, and also the muckrakers, uh, you better not cover this because you risk your life if you do, which is why the uh, mainstream news media has, um, has gone along uh, with this. As for private profit, sure, that, that could be part of it, too. Um, the, uh, you know, if, you, if you look at the uh, corporation who uh, bought out um, the uh, uh, anthrax um, vaccines, uh, I believe uh, Admiral Crow was involved in it at one point. Uh, so, you know, you can never discount um, uh, private profit uh, uh, as well here. Uh, and, you know, we, we know that um, uh, all those, uh, say, you know, those uh, uh, put calls on um, uh, American Airline and United Airline uh, mm-hmm. before 9-11, so someone had insider uh, information and was trading on it. Indeed, and the 9-11 Commission chose not to pursue those issues in any meaningful way. Professor, uh, could you give us the benefit of of your knowledge of the history, and in particular, given that you wrote the legislation, uh, the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 89, uh, about the ebb and flow of uh, chemical and biological weapons uh, by the United States, because we uh, mo- most Americans think that we're the good guys and that we don't uh, use these, we don't develop or stockpile them, and that uh, that Richard Nixon actually uh, kind of put the kibosh on them uh, way back uh, in, in the early 1970s. But like many practices, uh, including torture and uh, other activities that uh, have come in and out of public view but appear to have been uh, consistently used by uh, agencies like the CIA, it's dubious that we ever did even take a break from the development and stockpiling of these uh, specific weapons. I think that's correct. Um, if you, There's a book by uh, Pulitzer Prize winner uh, uh, Cy Hirsch, 1969, on U.S. bio-warfare uh, uh, programs and the entire history. And this was before... Uh, Nixon uh, allegedly uh, ordered uh, uh, their cessation. And if you read the book, you will see that we had uh, an entire biowarfare industry uh, in this country, Uh, not just the government, but every major uh, reputable uh, university, uh, so-called life scientists, I call them death scientists, uh, involved in uh, manufacturing uh, 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 every hideous device of biological uh, warfare that one could uh, possibly uh, imagine. And indeed, remember, um, during World War II, um, the Japanese Imperial Army pioneered techniques of uh, biowarfare in uh, China against the Chinese. And instead of prosecuting these people along the lines of the uh, Nazi doctors uh, after Nuremberg, 
the United States government cut a deal with them that if they turned over all the results of their work, uh, they would not be prosecuted. Uh, so uh, the you know up until then we basically had anthrax and we had stockpiled anthrax along with the British, uh, but we never used it because the the Nazis did not use it. Uh, but um, so we've had a we had a very well de- developed program up to uh, Nixon. Uh, but it came out that despite Nixon's order, the CIA stayed in the business of uh, uh, biological uh, weapons. Uh, as for the uh, Pentagon, uh, they continued with their chemical and biological uh, warfare division. Uh, it, it still remained there. Instead of uh, you know strangling the baby in the in the crib, uh, you know it was like a, uh, a vampire. You know you had to put a stake through its heart, and they didn't. Uh, so all the um, evidence is that a small-scale uh, program uh, did continue, uh, despite uh, uh, the Nixon uh, order. Uh, then when uh, Reagan came to power with all the neocons, uh, uh, Wolfowitz and all the rest of these people, they decided to put enormous sums of money into research, developing, and testing of every uh, type of biological agent you could possibly uh, imagine uh, in violation of the Biological Weapons Convention of 1972, which led me to uh, draft the uh, Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act, which was designed to deal with what they were doing, uh, including using uh, DNA genetic uh, engineering uh, for that purpose. at the time of the Biological uh, Weapons Convention, 1972, uh, there was no real DNA genetic engineering to speak of. Uh, but by the time of the Reagan people, uh, that, that technology was there. So I drafted the legislation to stop what the Reagan and the neocon people were doing, and also DNA uh, genetic engineering. The Reagan people uh, fought it tooth and nail, uh, all up and down and uh, prevented it from going through. Uh, Bush Sr. came into power, and um, he uh, apparently, and and by the way, also in in the Reagan administration, there were at least 40 uh, instances of shipments of weapon-specific biological agents to Saddam Hussein in Iraq uh, that were approved by the Reagan administration. Uh, the Department of Commerce, uh, and including even from the uh, so-called Center for Disease uh, Control. Uh, these days I call it disease proliferation after uh, eight years of, uh, of Bush. And many of us are familiar with the picture of Donald Rumsfeld visiting Baghdad uh, circa 1984 and the message he conveyed that uh, he should ignore any criticism of the use of chemical weapons that comes from the United States in his uh, eight-year war with Iran. And likewise, when uh, troops were deployed uh, for Operation Desert Storm in 1991, uh, they were prepared for the chemical and biological weapons that we had provided to the Iraqi government. That's correct. That's why um, uh, Cheney, uh, then Secretary of Defense, ordered uh, United States Armed Forces to undergo these uh, experimental medical vaccines uh, to deal with uh, anthrax and also uh, botulin uh, weapons because uh, they knew uh, 
under Reagan, we had given anthrax botulin uh, agents uh, to Saddam Hussein. And the problem was with the, uh, the so-called vaccines, uh, the anthra- we're talking earlier about anthrax vaccine, it was experimental. It had never been uh, approved uh, for use under these circumstances, uh, same way with the uh, botulin. So technically this violated the uh, Nuremberg Code on Medical Experimentation that we had prosecuted Nazis for. And uh, that, uh, those uh, vaccines those experimental vaccines. And by the way, it's not just me. Later, Senator Jay Rockefeller held hearings uh, on, on those vaccines, and he publicly stated that uh, uh, Bush Sr., Cheney, uh, Colin Powell, Schwarzkopf had committed a Nuremberg crime on our own troops. Uh, I have the citations for that in my book, uh, Biowarfare and Terrorism. And you, event, you, you also believe that that, is the, the, that represents the origins of Gulf War syndrome. I, yes, I, I deal with that uh, in my book. And also, uh, I was a consultant and a participant in a uh, documentary uh, aired in Britain in uh, the spring of 1994 on independent TV station 4, one of their major stations, um, called The Dirty War in which I stated my opinion that uh, I felt that the uh, experimental medical vaccines plus the uh, depleted uranium, mm-hmm. uh, also which was illegal, uh, were the major contributing factors to Gulf War syndrome. Uh, as of today, uh, I think close to half a million troops that were mobilized over there, maybe 200,000 or more, uh, have uh, reported symptoms of Gulf War syndrome. Last figure I saw, maybe 11,000 have died. The Veterans Administration still denies there is such a thing as uh, Gulf War Syndrome. Uh, it's even worse than uh, what happened on, uh, uh, on Agent Orange. Um, in any event, uh, those uh, vaccines were the later uh, the, the, uh, vaccines that Sybil talked about uh, were the direct continuator. It was the same uh, factory up there in Michigan. Uh, that was uh, producing these vaccines that were not ever designed uh, for these purposes. But to get back to my story then about uh, Seymour Hersh, after 9-11 until today, uh, we have spent approximately $60 billion on uh, uh, research, developing, and testing uh, of uh, bio-warfare uh, agents, measures, defenses, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have a bio-warfare industry that, in constant dollars, is even more uh, than what Hirsch was describing in 1969, when we had a publicly acknowledged uh, and, and arguably lawful uh, open uh, bio-warfare uh, program. We, are, we have spent more now on uh, biowarfare purposes since September 11th than we spent on the uh, Manhattan Project, again, in constant dollars, well. uh, to uh, develop uh, in secrecy the uh, uh, nuclear bomb. Right. So um, the fact of the matter is the United States government is today, all agencies, including the National Institutes of Health, uh, I now call them the National Institutes of Death, that was completely perverted uh, by Bush, Bush Jr. Uh, the CDC uh, are all involved in research, develop, testing, 
uh, of biowarfare agents uh, and, and things of this nature. So then so the United... basically an all-out uh, 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 biowarfare program, uh, just as bad as anything that um, uh, Hirsch uh, un- un- unfolded uh, in his 1969 book. Then you would suggest that uh, we're in clear violation of the Biological Weapons Convention, and that begs the question, were we ever in compliance? Right. Well, I, I, I really I think that's correct. I, I think that the uh, CIA and certain elements of the uh, uh, Pentagon, uh, Dugway and, and uh, Aberdeen and some of the others, uh, continued with this uh, illegal biowarfare work. Um, from uh, from Nixon until Reagan, and then Reagan, as I document in my book, uh, under Reagan, uh, they they went all out uh, to use DNA genetic engineering uh, to develop dual use uh, biowarfare uh, agents uh, for some, some many of which we proliferated to uh, Saddam Hussein in the hope and expectation that he would use them against uh, Iran. Because mm-hmm. uh, at that time, you know, we were against Iran uh, and the uh, the Ayatollah. There was the war between Iraq and Iran, which, by the way, we helped instigate. We we basically encouraged uh, Saddam Hussein to uh, to attack Iran. Mm-hmm. Professor, next, I, I'd like to turn to your expertise on international war crimes tribunals and uh, the substantive issues of. Uh, Violations. By the way, could could we hear what, what does Sybil have anything to add to anything that I've said there? Given her uh, insider status, sure, go right ahead. Sybil. Oh, sure. I've been soaking up all this information. It's just immensely interesting, and I was actually thinking of uh, sending you some of these documents after I I talk to to my anonymous whistleblower and share those documents with you. But uh, no, please go ahead. Well. The bottom line, then, is that, um, b- before we get to your next question, mm-hmm. $60 billion since the anthrax attacks, enormous profits uh, being made uh, by everyone here, to get back to Sybil's point uh, on this. Now the uh, entire um, United States uh, Armed Forces have been uh, inoculated with these uh, uh, vaccines on uh, anthrax, and so we're probably going to be seeing... Uh, you know, at some point, uh, depleted uranium has also been used in Afghanistan and Iraq. Indeed. Uh, we will probably be seeing a second round of uh, GOFOR syndrome, I regret to say it, uh, in veterans uh, coming back, certainly from um, uh, Iraq, which is a completely uh, toxic uh, environment. Indeed, there have already been, been reports of veterans coming back with um, uh, radiation in their, uh, in their urine. And so producing be, producing offspring with serious birth defects. That's correct. Yes. Uh, in addition, there are also uh, reputable reports that Gopher syndrome has been communicated uh, to doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and also uh, spouses. So there is a, uh, a biological uh, agent at work. Uh, second, the mass inoculation of all U.S. armed forces um, with anthrax indicates. Uh, and this was all undertaken by Bush Jr. and his neocons, that the United States government is now in a position uh, to use its stockpile of super weapons-grade anthrax uh, offensively. Uh, We we have to remember uh, whoever manufactured that uh, anthrax, the anthrax attack, that super uh, weapons-grade anthrax 
We know uh, from the uh, Board and uh, Miller book, Germs, that the CIA had produced a, a factory uh, for the uh, manufacture of uh, anthrax. They say we weren't, we weren't manufacturing anthrax, but they had a, they had a factory. Um, and so my guess is there is still today a stockpile of super weapons-grade uh, anthrax uh, under the control of CIA, Department of Defense, Battelle, uh, that can be used again not only internally here in the United States, uh, but also abroad. And the, the key element for the use of uh, 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 anthrax, of course, is that uh, you have to inoculate your own troops. Uh, otherwise, there's no, no point in using it because mm-hmm. it, it just be, there's the blowback effect that's too dangerous. Right. Uh, but now that all U.S. Armed Forces, in theory, uh, with all the problems with that vaccine, are inoculated, uh, and we do have a stockpile, uh, it can be used. And I think the, uh, you know, based on the uh, uh, Bush and the neocons and, and Bush senior, Reagan and his neocons, uh, they full, and as I document in my book, uh, they fully intended to exploit uh, our technological lead on biological weapons for weapons purposes. And indeed, as I document in my book, uh, if you read the PNAC report, Project for a New American Century, mm-hmm. uh, signed by so many of the PNACers, neoconservatives, who then joined the uh, Bush Jr. administration and had also, prior to that, worked for Reagan. They specifically call uh, for the development of biological weapons. And I have that in, in my book, the citations for that. These people then moved into the uh, Department of Defense, moved into the CIA, uh, and I believe uh, implemented the PNAC report uh, that came out in the uh, early fall of uh, 2000 to develop biological weapons. I believe today, then, uh, we do, the United States does have the capacity uh, to wage biological warfare uh, by means of anthrax, and most of our, all of our troops have been, been inoculated uh, toward that end. And I believe that's why uh, we have had... Uh, the mass inoculation of all U.S. members, all, all armed forces in the United States uh, with anthrax. All right, Professor, so I would like to move on <clears throat> to war crimes issues because there are many of us who believe that uh, war crimes were clearly committed by uh, members of the Bush administration, notably the, the president and the vice president and their underlings. And we have seen um, new evidence surface, including testimony from uh, Mr. Cheney himself on television uh, that he supported torture and waterboarding. And yet we have the Obama administration with this insulting uh, little cliche of we're looking forward, not backward. And in a very simple question, I put it to you, is not President Obama and his attorney general, are they not uh, obstructing justice in preventing investigations and or prosecutions of apparent war crimes. I think you're uh, correct, Peter. Um, The um, Convention Against Torture uh, clearly requires uh, prosecution uh, for torture of uh, United States citizens who uh, ordered uh, uh, torture or conspired to commit torture, aided and abetted uh, torture, say, by uh, uh, CIA agents, private contractors, or whatever. In addition is the uh, U.S. War Crimes Act of uh, 1996, 
uh, mandating the uh, prosecution of uh, individuals, uh, U.S. citizens who commit um, grave breaches of the Geneva Conventions, and that would include uh, torture of detained persons as a result of warfare. Uh, for example, Abu Ghraib, uh, Guantanamo, most of them were there as a result of uh, warfare, not the, not the people kidnapped from uh, Bosnia, but most of the rest of them. Uh, quite extensive torture at all U.S. facilities in uh, Afghanistan. Uh, that was documented by uh, my friend Professor uh, Sharif Basiuni at DePaul Law School, who had been commissioned uh, by the United Nations uh, to look into uh, detention facilities uh, in, in Afghanistan uh, by the United States, and he filed uh, his uh, report with the, U UN Security, with the UN, and he was promptly uh, fired uh, due to, uh, to uh, pressure by the Bush administration. I'm sure Professor Basiuni knew he was going to be fired, uh, but he, he wanted to uh, create a record. Uh, in addition, the uh, Dick Marty uh, report, the Parliamentary Assembly for the uh, Council of Europe, uh, dealing with the, uh, this program of so-called extraordinary rendition, um, at quite extensive uh, torture there. Uh, this is an official uh, investigation set up by the Parliamentary Assembly for the Council of Europe uh, with cooperation with you know, European uh, member states of the uh, Council of Europe, quite extensive documentation uh, of torture uh, by by the United States government uh, agents, and as you correctly point out, uh, not just uh, authorized, but ordered and approved by President Bush, Vice President Cheney, uh, Rumsfeld, uh, and, and straight down the uh, chain of command. Uh, that is why I filed my complaint recently uh, with the uh, International Criminal Court uh, over the uh, policy of extraordinary rendition uh, against Bush, Cheney, uh, Rumsfeld, uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice, uh, uh, tenant of the uh, CIA, um, for, oh, and Alberto uh, Gonzalez, White House counsel uh, and later uh, attorney general, for the policy of extraordinary rendition, which is really a euphemism for uh, the forced disappearances of human beings and their consequent torture. And if you read the uh, Rome Statute for the uh, International Criminal Court, uh, it clearly says that uh, when these two practices are either widespread or uh, systematic, uh, they constitute a crime against humanity. And in this case uh, of the extraordinary rendition policy, uh, it, it was both widespread and uh, systematic. Now, the problem was, as you know, the United States government was and still not is uh, a party to the Rome Statute for the uh, International Criminal Court. Indeed, uh, uh, Clinton, on his way out, uh, signed the statute for the court. But the first thing the Bush people did when they came in uh, was have the uh, neocon lawyer, uh, John Bolton, uh, sign a letter sending it to the U.N. Secretary General saying, effectively, uh, we, we repudiate the uh, uh, Clinton uh, signature. Uh, first time ever, I think, the U.S. government has ever tried to unsign a, a treaty. And, of course, the reason eventually Bolton did concede, they were originally saying, oh, we're doing this because the ICC might go after uh, uh, ordinary U.S. soldiers, which was preposterous. Basically, it, it has no jurisdiction to do that. 
It has to go after the, the kingpins, the ringleaders. Eventually, Bolton conceded that the reason they did that was that they feared uh, ICC prosecution of the highest level officials of the United States government. Now, w- what changed the thing for me, uh, well, over the years, you know, people would say, well, you know, you should file a complaint with the ICC for what they're doing in Iraq or Afghanistan or this, that, and the other thing. But the problem was, though, where was the jurisdiction? Uh, because the U.S. was not a party. But once the Marty uh, investigation came out, this was an official investigation, it was clear that Bush and the rest of them had ordered ICC statutory crimes in ICC member states, primarily all of Europe. And therefore, uh, they had committed crimes that fell within the jurisdiction of the ICC, despite the fact that the United States government is not a party to the uh, ICC statute. And then, second of all, uh, you know, I'm a lawyer. I have to investigate. I have an ethical obligation to investigate both the facts and the law uh, before I take legal action against someone, uh, especially accusing them of crimes, war crimes, and crimes against uh, humanity. Um, I I simply could not rely on media accounts in the mainstream news media. You know, you can't convict anyone on that, let alone, you know, opening an investigation. But when the Marty report came out, and there was a follow-up report as well, and other statements made by Marty, then I had an official uh, investigation that was based on government sources. And at that point, I felt confident I could go ahead uh, on both the facts and the law and proceed to uh, uh, draft a complaint, uh, as well as relying on some sources in, in the news media. The complaint itself is uh, 50 single-page type, single page, uh, type, type pages, single-space type pages. And as I told the ICC prosecutor, look, there are entire books written on this. I, I can't really uh, go through all those books here. Uh, I made a reference to some of them. Uh, but the heart of my complaint was the uh, official uh, Dick Marty investigation uh, for the uh, Parliamentary Assembly for the Council of Europe. Uh, so I filed a complaint, uh, I believe, January 19, and I heard back from the uh, ICC. They have received my complaint. Uh, they've given me uh, a docket, docket number. They will look into it, and they will get back to me. Uh, so that's where it stands now. In the meantime... Uh, I have started an international campaign called Bush to the Hague. Uh, I have a website. If if you're interested in looking at it, it's uh, bushtothehague.org. And it indicates how you can contact the uh, ICC prosecutor uh, by email and tell him that uh, you support my complaint and you want him to uh, uh, open an official uh, investigation uh, and announce it. I've also requested uh, arrest warrants uh, against these people, uh, but that could not come uh, unless and until uh, he uh, opens a, an official uh, investigation. So right now, I take it he's making uh, uh, preliminary uh, inquiries uh, as to the uh, materials I've sent him, and then, of course, there's an enormous amount in the public record, and then there's a huge archive of material there at the uh, with, with Marty at the... Uh, uh, parliamentary assembly for the uh, the Council of Europe. So I, you know, I guess we'll see um, what happens. But I believe 
This is the first complaint filed over there against the highest level officials of the uh, United States government that does establish prima facie jurisdiction uh, by the uh, ICC uh, over crime. Uh, I would not have jurisdiction uh, for uh, what Bush and the rest of them did uh, uh, in Iraq. You know, as we know, uh, uh, public sources, they perhaps murdered 1.3 million uh, Iraqis uh, based on uh, the Johns Hopkins studies and some of the, the British uh, Maury report and others. Uh, but Iraq is not a party to the ICC statute, so there's not much uh, I can do there. Uh, I admit that given the enormity of the crimes uh, by Bush uh, in uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, uh, Yemen, uh, Somalia, elsewhere, uh, and the extraordinary rendition policy, uh, what I'm trying to do uh, is a bit uh, historically analogous uh, to getting Al Capone indicted for tax evasion uh, as opposed to uh, murder and racketeering. But it's the best I can do now uh, under the uh, requirements of the ICC statute. Second, uh, unfortunately, uh, we get back to the Obama administration. They have announced that they are continuing the extraordinary uh, rendition policy of Bush. Uh, I told the ICC prosecutor, and if you look at my complaint, uh, my cover letter to him that is, is on the website, you will see that it, you know, I, I argued to him if you open an investigation, uh, hopefully that will convince the uh, Obama administration to stop it, because they themselves uh, uh, can run uh, criminal accountability as well. I did not file a complaint against the Obama administration because uh, I really don't know what they're up to. They've made a statement that they're going to continue the extraordinary rendition policy, but I haven't seen facts. So uh, since I, I don't have the facts, I've decided not to uh, file a complaint against them at this time. But I did send a shot across the bow in, in my complaint against Bush and the rest of them uh, to, to hopefully Obama would cease and desist. But as you correctly pointed out, uh, Obama is obstructing justice uh, here. Uh, Obama and, hold, and Obama, uh, you know, he taught constitutional law at the University of Chicago Law School. That uh, makes him equal to John Yu, uh, Professor Boyle, in my eyes, because as Dan Ellsberg, uh, he was our guest here, he said, I feel as if I was conned into voting. Uh, and 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 voting for Obama, and it's this is not the only area with uh, with President Obama. It's in every single issue on every single issue, whether it is the uh, NSA's illegal wiretapping, and you just name the countries, they're all applicable to Obama administration. Yemen, uh, with all the drones and what we have been doing in, in Pakistan, in Afghanistan, two months ago, these eight children who were removed from their homes and they were shot to death. So uh, it's actually, it would be funny even to have that expectation of any investigation or, or any dignity from, based on what we have seen from the new administration to see anything different from, uh, or, or, or for them to even cease and cease. Well, let me comment on your point, though. We are seeing remarkable continuity under the Obama administration uh, of everything uh, Bush did, every atrocity against international law, human rights, uh, the United States Constitution, uh, and our own Bill of Rights. Indeed, Obama's lawyers have gone in uh, when I, I did not vote for Obama. So, okay, 
Congratulations. Neither did I. I didn't vote for uh, McCain either. I'm an independent. I neither did I. Candidates. But in any event, um, I gave an interview um, saying uh, I thought that since Obama had talked constitutional law, I did not anticipate him making any changes uh, abroad, but that at least at home he would proceed to dismantle the Bush police state put into effect after 9-11 with the USA Patriot Act. This has not happened. He hasn't dismantled anything. He has continued the Bush police state, and he has sent his lawyers into all United States federal courts up to and including the United States Supreme Court, uh, to justify and defend all of the Bush attacks on the United States Constitution and the uh, uh, Bill of Rights. Uh, There's been no exception. Uh, He has defended uh, all of the torture lawyers, like uh, Professor Yu, even though uh, uh, since they were clearly engaged in criminal activity, uh, there was no obligation on the part of the Department of Justice uh, to defend you or any of these other uh, torture lawyers. Uh, and indeed, the obligation, as uh, Peter correctly pointed out, is to prosecute them. Uh, so we, we are simply seeing uh, uh, abroad and at home uh, a continuation of all the reprehensible, criminal, unconstitutional, uh, illegal Bush policies, and now a massive escalation uh, into Afghanistan uh, and uh, an expansion of the uh, aggressive warfare into Pakistan, which, in my opinion, uh, the primary purpose is to destabilize uh, Pakistan, uh, set off a civil war, uh, and and ultimately lead to the uh, cracking up of uh, of Pakistan, just as they they successfully cracked up um, uh, Iraq as a state, uh, Afghanistan uh, as a state, and I think the next objective is to crack up uh, uh, Pakistan and in the process to uh, neutralize the, uh, the Pakistani nukes, the so-called Islamic bomb. I think that is their, uh, their ultimate objective here. And Professor, aren't we the guilty ones? Not you, but we, we the people. We are electing these people, we are keeping these people in Congress, it's our media, and we are supporting all these illegal activities with our tax dollars. So when we have people or or terrorists or wannabe terrorists coming and saying, you know, we are targeting the enemy, aren't we the enemy? Because we have been sitting and we actually have been supporting all this. Even those of us who have been kind of mumbling and being rough, grumpy about it, but we have been doing it. We have been supporting it. We have enabled these people uh, to, to basically uh, commit these, uh, these uh, crimes, and, and not only overseas, but over here. And what does that, uh, you know, tell us about us? Well, of course, Bush lost the election in 2000 to Al Gore and stole it at the United States Supreme Court from five Republican justices. And then the 2004 uh, election, if you read Greg, Greg Palast's uh, book, it appears he also stole uh, Ohio. Uh, as for Obama, look, even a guy, as, 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 from what you're telling me, as sophisticated as Dan Ellsberg uh, voted for him, and, and I have great res- I know Dan, I have great respect for him, and uh, he was a hero of mine uh, when I was young because of his, uh, the role he played in uh, exposing the Pentagon Papers. But even if you have someone as sophisticated as Dan Ellsberg uh, uh, supporting uh, Obama, um, you know, it's hard to blame everyone else 
um, I think large numbers of people now uh, realize that Obama deceived them. Uh, and even, again, someone as sophisticated as, as Dan Ellsberg. So the Obama people been in there uh, a year, um, and, and they were all deceived by the Democratic Party as well. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been a political independent since I could first vote in uh, 1968 when they gave the uh, Congress gave the vote to 18-year-olds. Um, but they, they were deceived. Uh, and that's now going on a year. Uh, I think it's finally dawning on people the, the amount and extent of the uh, uh, deception. And, of course, there's, there's enormous uh, disillusion as well. Uh, but I think that means we, you know, we have to get reorganized uh, to stop what Obama and the rest of them are up to. Sure. And, and they could very well attack Iran. You, you saw that uh, report. Uh, in the uh, newspaper in Scotland, that there there's an emergency uh, shipment of bunker buster uh, uh, bombs to uh, uh, Diego Garcia. Right. Uh, I think uh, uh, Obama uh, has completely surrounded himself with Zionists. Uh, Dennis Ross is there in the White House, uh, running uh, his uh, foreign policy toward Iran uh, and the Middle East. These people want to take out Iran as a favor to Israel. And that is what is confronting us right now. And if they do that, if, if they do attack uh, Iran, they could set off World War III over there. That's how dangerous the situation is. Well, Professor, I want to thank you for your time today. We've certainly uh, learned quite a bit. I appreciate uh, your, your very uh, detailed answers on important topics, and I hope we can talk with you again. Right. And my new book, uh, Dealing with These Issues, uh, is tackling America's toughest questions. It came out uh, just as Obama was coming to power, uh, where I predicted that there would be continuity. Uh, I, I had predicted a uh, there would be a uh, uh, Obama-Clinton uh, three term, but in fact, it's worse than that. It's, it's Obama-Bush term is is what we're seeing. Obama-Bush Jr. So it was Certainly even worse than my that on our website. Uh, we'll certainly note that your book right. and will Tackling, provide links to our, for our audience. Right. There at Amazon, Tackling America's Toughest Questions, and then the uh, other book on, on the first half of our interview, uh, Biowarfare and Terrorism, that goes through everything I discuss with you with all, all the footnotes uh, that, that you would be uh, interested in to support the documentation for what I'm saying. Francis Boyle, Professor of International Law at the University of Illinois. Thanks for joining us on The Boiling Frogs. Well, thank you, and uh, again, uh, uh, my best personal regards to uh, Sybil. She's, she's a real uh, American hero, uh, just like uh, Dan Ellsberg. Many thanks, Professor. All right, hang in there. Bye-bye.
future. The future, well, that depends on us. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back soon with more Boiling Frogs interviews.